I'm good. Well, I'm I'm pretty good. It's uh, our house is kind of a, a sick house, so I feel You're like sick? it's gonna come and on, gonna come wow. and on tonight. It's going around, huh? Yeah, Lindsay has a new job downtown, so she takes the subway, and oh. I think that that's just a germ machine. The Chicago subway, the Chicago uh, L, is basically a germ machine. A petri dish. Petri yeah. dish of death. And it gets so packed. Mm-hmm. It gets so packed. Yeah, I when I when I used to ride the train into the city in the morning, I. I, I never liked it. At least at least really loved it. I just ugh. Oh. ugh. I don't like people. Yeah. The thing is neither does Elise. Elise. <laughs> 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 Elise the Elise. Elise doesn't like people. I'm surprised she likes the subway as much. I guess it just reminded her of living in New York. Yeah. But uh, in her opinion, uh, Chicagoans do not have the correct train etiquette. No. Though. They do not. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. It's like they don't, no one ever taught them. It's, Get out from in front of the damn door. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. It's very strange for me to see because it's, it's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. They don't, like, people will just kind of rush in, rush in like the train's about to leave and the train doesn't leave, but they don't wait for the people to come off. Not everywhere, but I think the problem probably is, is that Chicago is so big and there are certainly places that you can get on and off where there isn't a problem where the people aren't in your way. But when you're downtown, you're right. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like people know what they're doing. It's very frustrating. To their credit, the the trains are not designed well the way that New York train New York trains are designed to so that you get through that door and you can get to any part of the car that you want to. You probably no matter how packed it is, just because you have the bench. But you know, with all the forward and backward facing and you know seats and stuff, <laughs> I'm dying too. <laughs> <laughs> I know I got sick just from talking to you about the train. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's not set up well. Which I guess they've got some like on the on the more heavily trafficked lines on the red line and whatever. They've got New York cars. Um, anyway, this is boring. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's life. We're talking about real life here. We can talk about all kinds I'm of a, things on the Bro Show. Real yeah, life included. Life. Oh. Well, I'm sorry that Lindsay's sick. I don't know if you're sick as well. Yeah, well, it happens, I guess. Vance, our good friend Vance McNabb, uh, apparently is dying, pretty much. He and his whole family have uh, have raging fevers. Wow. Uh, yeah, Casey got sick, and then uh, Riley, and then Vance, and now Casey's sick again. It's, wow. it's going around. Uh, uh, you know, you, we were just chitter chattering on our Slack channel and I was saying that I think this year I'm going to get a flu shot, which I've never done in my life. Yeah. Uh, I've always thought like, ah, that's stupid. But the past couple of, at least this past winter, this after the, the jump tour, I came home with the friggin' bubonic plague. Yeah. It lasted for weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I, I wanted to capture the person who gave it to me <laughs> and beat them within an inch of their damn life. <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> God. Yeah. 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 So flu shots, let's get flu shots this year. Yeah. I get, uh, I've been getting them for years. You have. That's so interesting. I would have thought that you would have been the kind of person who'd say that's bogus. Uh, but you're into so here's here's the thing about flu shots. Um, it's really not so much about you. It, the flu shot is super freaking important because it keeps down on the flu as a whole. So when I when I when I wrapped my brain around that, when I realized, oh, this is not necessarily going to keep me from getting the flu if I am if I come into contact with it, I might still get the flu, or I might not, but. The most important thing is that it will, it, it just reduces the amount of flu period over all, like, the entire populace. And that's what's vital about it. 
But how does that work? If you if you get the flu anyway, then you're spreading the flu. You know, you're well, spreading it. It it does keep down. You know, I I don't know how they do the math, probably, but it it would absolutely keep cases of people getting the flu down. Probably the healthiest people, the you know the strongest uh, mutants that have the ability to not get sick so much. Those people, with the help of a flu shot, are, are just not going to get sick. So they're not going to be yet one more opportunity for the flu shot to take hold on a human host and be transmitted to people who don't have as strong of a uh, constitution. Mm, okay. Well, so it's important. Whatever. I think it's important. I really do now. Wow. That's yeah. so, that's so interesting. I, I, I had no idea that you felt that way. I'm, I'm all about it this year. Uh, Elise, Elise's company has a, uh, I mean, Elise, Elise's company is, uh, is having a flu shot drive, I think, uh, in a couple of weeks. So we're going to, I'll take her up to the office and the we'll first, yeah, the first one I got and it was at Barter, and they were mandatory. And I, I talked to a oh, bunch sure. of people there, and and they said, oh yeah, it's it's absolutely we can't, we just can't take the risk. And so now every time I talk to the pharmacist, and the pharmacist is always like, yeah, she's like, it's it's not about, it's not necessarily about you personally whether it works great this year or not. It's it's about it does keep it down it does keep it down for sure so go get your flu shot everybody it's actually not a gimmick flu, flu powder don't forget your flu powder so yeah you're sick Lindsay's sick <laughs> um what else is happening in in your life in my life uh uh gosh i am going to be captioning uh, did I mention this before? I'm going to be captioning the movie Candyman. The remake. No, but uh, I would love to eventually. No, there is a remake of Candyman happening, being recorded right, you know, you know filmed right now. Oh, oh you're captioning a, uh, 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 a viewing of the OG. Of the OG. So it's a interesting, it's going to be an interesting presentation where they... They take the the movie. They screen the movie Candyman, the original Candyman. Uh, I think that's ni- early nineties or something. And it's, uh, it's oh, a, I think it's older than that. You think right? so? It could be. Uh-huh. I'm ashamed to say I don't know. But uh, Candyman is a horror film that oh. is. Yeah. You're right. 1992. Yeah, I thought it was like early. It feels early nineties. <laughs> can you can you off the top of your head? Can you guess who did the soundtrack? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, He's one of your all-time faves. Little hint. Not Philip Glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, are you yeah. serious? Philip Glass? I'm serious? Yes. Philip Glass did the what? Yes. Holy smoke! And I don't know if it was music that was composed specifically oh. for, or if, or if they just took it. Uh, well, let's see here on the Wikipedia. Film score was composed by Philip Glass. Yeah. According to Glass, quote, it has become a classic, so I still make money from that score, get checks every year. <laughs> so that, I didn't understand the joke that that our, our friend Brittany had made. Brittany was, uh, yesterday I went to a site, uh, sort of a, a walkthrough of the venue that we're going to play because I needed to, I have to figure out some things <clears throat> as far as, uh, whether we're going to open caption, close caption, this thing, and, and how, what's the best way to do it? And we were talking, and uh, we, we were talking about music at one point. She said, "Well, you know, we could always get Philip Glass to come in because he came to uh, Chicago Humanities Festival last year." And I was like, oh, "Man, I love Philip Glass," but I got so distracted by her even knowing who Philip Glass was, I didn't realize that. She is such a horror buff that she knew that Philip Glass composed the score for this movie. I'm oh, even more excited. Snap. Anyway, yeah. Here, you guys. Uh, here's a little preview of the Candyman soundtrack. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. I once, I once had a Philip Glass written uh, Swatch Watch. He wrote a an alarm 
for a swatch for a particular swatch watch. And this is what the this is what the <laughs> this is what the alarm sounded like. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> that was it. Oh man, that sauce is no. Sweet. Actually, you know what? Actually, I thought it was freaking amazing because one cool thing about Philip Glass, he's got the skills. He's got it. He's he was one of the proponents of the minimalism music in classical music. He is full on legend, but he's never been afraid to make some hard cash. <laughs> never. He's always been able to ride that line between getting paid and being, uh, you know, a, a, a pioneer of music. And s- certainly people attack him for quote unquote selling out. But yeah, when I first heard that alarm, I was disappointed. And then, then I, I loved him all the more because he, okay, he can okay. do that. He can do that. Well, why not? Yeah. He's got, he's got a pretty website. I'm going to go ahead and say it looks, a li- it's not, it's not feeling totally current, but it, it's kind of nice. It's currenty. What they're going to do is they're going to show Candyman, and then they're going to bring in people to speak to uh, Cabrini Green and how the movie was a a uh, a statement about gentrification and how you know a statement about horror of this low income housing and just the nightmare that Cabrini ca- Green came and for people who don't know what that is it was low income housing in a in a pretty pretty central section of Chicago that mm-hmm. became its own universe of criminal drug activity very very sad situation. People were moved out of their homes to be moved into this, and it was very scary at times. And that's that's kind of why they they filmed a movie, a horror movie there. Yeah, <laughs> about a. Yeah, I've, I've heard stories about the crew and cast being shot at Oof. during filming. Yeah, it's it was the like imagine the roughest neighbor, neighborhood you've been in, and multiply that times a hundred. Yeah. It was. Uh, you can still, if you walk through where Cabrini Green was, which is right near where the Apple Store is, right. of course. <laughs> yeah, Whole Foods. Um, now, yeah. now, yeah, the Whole Foods and a bunch of other bougie BS. Um, <laughs> you can still see this. There are some buildings still standing that where you can see kind of evidence where stuff was knocked down and, uh, or at least used to. I don't know. Maybe it's all torn down now. But yeah, I mean, there was. I've heard stories about you know people didn't have heating or the, so they would just like light fires in their tub in their tub yeah. right and just right. And open a window to let the smoke out just to not die from sub-zero chicago winter temperatures mm-hmm. i mean just like inhuman conditions right it was horrific and i think i think that's what jordan peele's remake or reboot or whatever is oh it's him he's doing it yeah jordan peele and and i think mm. that it's I think it's another statement on gentrification and the, I'm assuming the cons of it. They filmed a little part of it on Foster on the street, basically where I live down the street a little bit. But that's what we've heard is that it's, it's going to be yet another statement on where people live and why Candyman haunts the nightmarish places that people are put and how do you escape now, why, why does the why is Candyman made of bees? I don't remember, but I'm I'm gonna find out again. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know I've seen it a, a million years ago. Yeah, and I, I think it has something to do with you know he he died yes. from uh, being stung to death. I'm I'm kind of scanning through the wiki now, but. But that, for something, and this is like, this is probably <laughs> offensive to say, but there was something less scary. I, I was into the concept of like, okay, yeah, uh, you, you say his name five times in a mirror and he comes and messes you up. <laughs> um, like that's, why do, don't, first of all, don't do that. Uh, secondly, but when he comes and he shows up and he's made of bees, I was less scared by that. Yeah. Um, and... Of course, when you find out the backstory, it's it's tragic. It's it's horrific what, right. what happens to the the man who became Candyman. It's a strange uh, little movie. Tony Todd. Yeah, Tony yeah, Todd. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of layers mm-hmm. 
to it. I guess I need to rewatch it. Well, I'll send you the captions when I'm done. <laughs> Peace out. Peace out. Bye. Uh, and and I'm, I'm looking now, it's based on a story by Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. Which the one and only Clyde Barker, who gosh, he's no spring chicken nowadays. Yeah, no, he's only sixty six. Uh, I just saw that he's he's kicking it. And he doesn't give a hoot. Um, Philip Glass, eighty two. Is that wow. what? Is that what it's? Wow, eighty two. Yeah, and he's from Baltimore. Good old Baltimore. Yeah. Um, nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone does. Someone out there does. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's my thing. I've got to do some that's fun. Some thinking and, and some horror movie captioning. It's gonna be the first so cool. film that we ever you captioned. You don't do a lot of, I was gonna say you don't do a lot of movies. You nope. mostly do live theater. There's no need. There's no need. But in this in this specific situation, it's basically going to be filmed at a quote unquote indie indie house and they the copy that they're getting to be play, shown does not come with a caption file, so I'm just gonna do it live. With flavor, is it live or is it Memorex? Well, we'll find out. All right. Anything new with you? What is new with me? Uh, not nothing fun like that. You're doing so much more fun stuff. Uh, I'm just no, no, nothing really new. I'm just starting to practice. Yes. For the first time in, in year. I literally had not touched a drumstick since December until yesterday. <laughs> so I figured, gosh, I, I, I've got some shows coming up in December. I better um, maybe see if I remember how to hold a stick. Sometimes I feel like you walk away from what you do and you come back and it's like you are having to relearn, uh, not all over again, but you're, you're feeling very, very rusty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you come back with um, without that, you, you know, you, you kind of feel it's that your time away has made you feel fresher than you were when you left it. So uh, I was surprised. It seemed to come back pretty quickly. So we'll see. Now that I've said that and I've cursed myself, every single show in December is going to be a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. Anyway, that's that's really all I've got going on. <laughs> but there's plenty of pop culture stuff happening there is let's 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 go from the let's do the small stuff first and then we'll get to our main event which uh our good friends uh and martina suggested that we and i watch the dark crystal series age of resistance on netflix that dropped i guess a couple of weeks ago all at once the way that netflix does um so that'll be our main event we'll talk about that in a second um there's a couple of other small bits and bobs uh we'll start off spider-man returns to the mcu mm-hmm. that's, yeah that's pretty exciting it's funny because i knew in my heart well it just felt so broken the the concept of it felt very childish it felt very sort of hey, slightly yeah, manipulative <laughs> in some way and i i just no. It just was so silly that you would you would have that anybody would think that it would be a win for Sony or or Disney Marvel to think that you wouldn't finish the story. I know that there, Sony was like, "Oh, we're going to finish it. It's going to be great." But no, I'm, I mean, you just—I don't think you're going to go from. I don't think you're going to you're going to have people be excited about a movie that's just basically a different studio doing having to like leave out huge chunks of what it it has been allowed to have right. for years now all of the yeah. murals of iron man or i mean not being able to mention that i would just can you imagine happy, you know any of the the yeah those characters who, who they'd just be mysteriously gone yeah ridiculous and I, mean, I guess it would have been one thing you know i still haven't seen far from home which is embarrassing since spidey's my number one guy a little bit uh i just missed the window and and now i have to wait for it to come out um so i can rent it but but i guess it would be one thing if they had telegraphed it from the beginning like they knew they were going to be an out and they wrapped it up in such a way so that their next movie would they would have like ridden it so that he was like yeah i'm going off on my own true but and that was my beef. That was kind of the sadness that I had when I first read the news. I was like, oh, this is – if this was a creative decision, then I would – I'd still be bummed, but I would support it. But just knowing that it's about the suits just sucks. Yeah. And um, not even knowing what the story of Far From Home is. I mean I, I only assume that you know, they set it up for there to be more uh, – you know, 
more movies, of course. So, yeah, how how were they going? Imagining how they would just cut off the MCU entirely and make it feel uh, not completely disjointed. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm glad that they're back. I tell you what it feels like to me. Uh, I get this very same feeling that I got when uh, after New Coke. <laughs> and and then co classic, yeah. You know what I'm saying. And for for if there's anyone out there who's listening who doesn't remember, who's not old enough to remember New Coke, um, or Coke Classic, right? Uh, so in the I guess in the early to mid '80s, Coca Cola said, "Hey, we are." Forget our nasty old Coke. <laughs> you got this stuff that's called New Coke. And it wasn't called Coca-Cola. It was called New Coke. And it was a new formula. And it was sweeter. It kind of was probably closer to Pepsi, um, which if you're, you know, it's like the Beatles and the Stones. You're kind of one or the other. And in our South family was definitely a, a – in the South especially because, yeah. you know, Pepsi was born in the Carolinas. And we drink a but, lot of soda. But, we didn't give a damn, even though we weren't from, uh, we, we hated Pepsi. Yeah. Anyway, we were upset. We were enraged. We stopped drinking Coke. We refused. Uh, our dad stockpiled, um, like the last remaining Coca-Cola six packs he could get his hands on. And we drank RC Cola after that, a kind of a, an indie label, I suppose. Yeah. And then a few months later, okay, back by popular demand, here's Coke Classic. And it just... It was the first time that I, I think everyone I knew as a, as a young kid, like I'd been had yeah. by a corporation. Yeah. And this, this gives me a little bit of that vibe. I, 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 don't th- I don't think that's what actually happens, but it still just feels like, uh, are you just trying to get us, ex- like generate excitements about this? Which they didn't really, they didn't really need. <laughs> I don't think that they no? necessarily, well, no, I mean, meaning, yeah, you're right. meaning like what? What is the point? But I, I hear what you're saying, and if and if and if you're correct, that would be very just grody, awkward in an annoying way. But it it is. So what's going to happen is Spider-Man is going to stay in the Marvel Cinematic Universe realm, the universe for for the third installment of this of this Peter Parker in high school business. Mm-hmm. And they're going to. He's also allowed to be in one other team movie, whatever that's going to be. It's not Avengers, but whatever is the new Avengers. The new Avengers, whatever the team team up movie is going to be, we don't know yet. So he's yeah. allowed to be in that, and that's it for now. Uh, and that will it's give. So- until yeah. we do go through this again. Until Sony realizes, <laughs> wait a minute, if we do, if we just let Disney keep doing this, we'll still make <laughs> tons of money. <laughs> it's just dumb. It really it's is just, dumb. Just give the mouse what they want, and they will make gold, <laughs> and you can have some of that gold. What's the problem? Yeah, yeah. I don't I, know. I mean, because what? I didn't see Venom. I, and I'll, when it's out to rent, I'll rent it. Uh, I heard lukewarm things about it. Yeah. We've already discussed Jared Leto and Morbius. <laughs> Do not care. I couldn't care less. I don't care about Morbius, the character in the comic books. He's, right. Kind of, kind of silly. Right. So, do I do I want to see Jared Leto play? No. <laughs> no. Hell no. You've, we've, we've, we're definitely, definitely know that you do yeah, not want to see that. Yeah, we don't yeah. need to cover that ground anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we know where I stand. We um, will, but I'm, but we don't need to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I was, I was confused when they made a Venom movie without Spidey, and it didn't make any sense. Maybe I get. Hopefully, they made it make sense, but. I'm assuming that they're they're going to try to shoehorn him into the, another uh, Venom film at some point. Um, speaking of uh, villains without their adversaries, yes, the Joker movie has had some interesting news. It's been very uh, controversial. I don't know if you've been reading about the goings on. The Joker movie. Uh, yeah. Oh. The, uh, you know the one with yes with Joaquin Phoenix yeah. yeah so it's about to come out it's about to premiere mm-hmm. and I read an article in my favorite blog io9 that there was that the army had actually uh, issued an alert to service people that there had been 
incredible chatter on the dark web from what they call incels. Do you know what an incel is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Involuntary celibate, which means a loser white male who cannot have a girlfriend or have sex. So he decides to kill people. Yes. Um, so they're, they're called incels, mm-hmm. which is, I think is kind of a, an interestingly condescending name for them, <laughs> <laughs> which is you know, pretty funny. Um, anyway, there's been a lot of chatter on the dark web surrounding the premiere of this movie. And there's concern that there will be some kind of organized movement. Incel of, yeah. Yikes. Because, and, and and so they they went to interview Walking Phoenix and the director whose name I don't remember right now um, about this idea that like this movie is about a disgruntled white guy going nuts and shooting up everybody right and somehow somehow the direct nor the director uh nor uh joaquin phoenix seem to have ever discussed that in in today's culture where white men pick up guns and start killing people that that is not like glorifying that with a character like the Joker, who was, you know, for all intents and purposes, an anti-hero in this movie. He's a villain in the realm of Batman, but he's the main character. He's, you know, I, I, I no one's seen the movie. I don't know that they're making him out to be an anti-hero, but the, I'm sure you are meant to empathize with him somewhat. Sure. So there's concern that, like, how was that going to... Effect, yeah. How's that going to play? And uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix had no idea what to say, and he literally got up and left the interview without saying a word. What? Yeah, just left. Bye. According wow. to the director, it was just something that they never discussed. Not like no one, none of the suits. He didn't like on the set. Like it was like, how? What do you mean you didn't talk about this? This is. Anyway, it's 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 kind of crazy. So what I'm going to ask you personally, brother, uh, I, I still have zero interest in seeing the Joker movie, and I'll I'll get to that in a second. But I have a bad feeling something bad's going to happen somewhere. I, I feel like, and I, I pray. I hope it. I, I don't pray to uh, a religious thing, but I hope and pray that that it, nothing bad happens and that this is all just noise. But I'm going to avoid seeing that in the theater. I think. And you're asking and, me to do the I, same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had I, I had one experience in Chicago where I went uh, at least I went to a theater. I don't even remember what the movie was anymore. And this I had a feeling like this guy came in and he sat right behind us. And you know that feeling where like your your spidey sense just starts screaming at you. Yeah. I had the worst feeling about this guy. Like something really bad was about to happen. Uh, it did not happen. Thank goodness. But I just feel like when you get just we, we should make choices based on fear. So I, I'm not promoting that for you or for anyone else, but I just maybe sit this one out. What do you think? I I will I'll definitely consider it. I I don't know that I need to see Joker in the theaters. We we only go see movies <laughs> because we go to see movies at ten o'clock on the mor- in the morning on Sundays. <laughs> so yes, we don't we yeah. we really don't like. We really don't like seeing movies any other time. Lindsay doesn't like to pay the extra price. We like matinees. And then I like not at being surrounded by anyone, to be honest. Noisy people on their yeah. cell phones. And it's yeah. shocking to us if we ever do go to see a movie that is, that is you know, a, a normal time, a decently normal time. We're like, whoa, people really go see the movies. <laughs> but most of the yeah. time, we, we're, we're, we're alone or nearly okay. alone. So I think of all the people that, that might be in a dangerous situation, we would be pretty low on the list. But for this movie in particular, if if it's one that you know she really wants to see in, in the theater, I don't think she's going to. But you know, then I'll make sure that at least, at the very least, it's going to be at a unpopular hour well here here's why i'm going to actively avoid it other than the incel piece um more more importantly (laughs) i'm going to avoid it because the director came out and it admitted exactly what 
it sounded like, like the concept of this film sounded like to me, which was, uh, I was already getting the vibe. It's not, you know, the Joker is not set in the DC universe, the DC EU or whatever the heck it's called. Um, it's not attached. There's no Batman in it. It's, it's just its own, you know, little slice of the universe telling that story. And that's okay. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but it really started to smell like to me that, they really just wanted to make this movie about a guy who kind of goes nuts and gets violent. And they decided to call it Joker. They decided to take this character and make it the Joker. And wrap it and, up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, it's it's the, it's a similar problem that I had with the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes movies where, you know, it's kind of a 19th century super spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Like, I'm, I'm into that. That's great just don't call it Sherlock Holmes because these movies have nothing to do with Sherlock Holmes. Right. Uh, so, but, so I read an interview, like as there's been a lot of articles coming out, you know, as this movie is about to premiere and the director's getting a lot of questions and he basically just comes right out and says it. Like we wanted to make a real film about a real person and sneak it into the world of superhero films by calling a Joker. <clears throat> right. And that to me is, just unacceptable. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't want to see that. That's not Joker to me. Sure. That is, that's, that's fine to make that movie. That's great. Don't call it Joker. That's not what this is about for me. That's not what I'm interested in seeing. So yeah. Anyways, I, you won't catch me in a movie theater in cells <laughs> because <laughs> I don't care about seeing this movie. <laughs> uh, good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I, I hear what you're saying. I totally accept it. I think I'm able to, distance myself from the concept i i am i i absolutely agree i we won't get too far into it but to me so th- apparently they're going they're going to do a new cw ep- television show called nancy drew and i have no i know nothing about it. i just saw a billboard for it so i'm sure it's it's either going to be great or not great but the the point is is that that will bring some people to the table no matter what mm-hmm. that show is about. But to me, for example, Veronica Mars was a modern, interesting version of a Nancy Drew, a, you know, someone mm-hmm. who goes and has adventures and solves mysteries and so on and so forth. I didn't need to, for her to be called Nancy Drew to, me, to have that same feeling. And I think you're right. This did not need to be called Joker for me to enjoy a performance of... Uh, a guy going insane and it be an actor that I, I do admire and appreciate, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, well, let's burn through some other yeah. quick DC related rumors. So the Batman <clears throat> movie that's, that's being made by Matt Reeves and Matt Reeves has done some cool movies. I can't remember what they are, uh, off the top of my head, but, uh, I saw something today that was disheartening. Uh, a, a while back, Matt Reeves had said that he wanted this Batman movie to be, it, it was a very exciting for me. Was, he wanted this Batman movie to be about Batman being the world's greatest detective. Right. Which we've, we've never seen in a, in a, in a Batman movie. The Nancy really. Drew I mean, of superheroes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 It, not quite as good as Nancy Drew. <laughs> um, you know, that cape is heavy weighs you down (laughs) yeah you know they get into it a little bit in the dark knight movies but not that much it's still like more high-tech gadgetry almost james bond like than it is about being a detecting anything so the idea of them doing a noirish batman movie was very exciting um but then i read today that warner brothers is looking to cast the riddler penguin catwoman two-face and quote a host of other villains and i just thought oh this is sounding less and less like a cool noir detective story and more like a Jerry Bruckheimer f***a-thon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, boring. Boring. Anyway, so, so that's, so, and then our other DC Batman adjacent thing is the the new trailer for the, the Birds of Prey. Uh, the first, first official trailer came out today for that. Yeah. Um, Birds of Prey and the stupidly long title about Harley Quinn, who is not even in Birds of Prey in the comics. Like she's just, she's not one of them. Right. So number one, who cares? I watched, I don't know if you watched, did you watch the trailer? I did. I did. I, I don't know about you. I had 
no idea what was going on. Sure. <laughs> zero, zero idea. And, and I thought, gosh, do I not know what's going on? Because I didn't watch, I couldn't bring myself to finish watching Suicide Squad. No. <laughs> and I, I realized, I don't think so. I think that it, it, it might just be a, a mess. It looks like a mess. I, I'll say this. I, I don't have any qualms with cinema and movies or any medium changing the medium that it's based on. I'm never, ever going to have a problem with that you, until you ruin it, until you really make it worse than it was. A lot of times, one, one telling of a story uh, is better than the original. Uh, so it doesn't sure. bother I mean, Birds of Prey, whether she's in it or not on the comics, doesn't bother me. But my, my thought when watching this trailer... And this is the first trailer, so there may be some really amazing cuts. But the, the, if these lines that they pulled out of the movie are the w- best ones to put in the first trailer that people see, that's not good. That's a bad. I don't even remember what. Like, what were the lines? Give me. Do you remember any? I should have written them down, but you know, it's like. I love to whack people with my hammer. So, <laughs> I'm Holly Quinn, bitch, or something. Yeah, stuff like yeah. stuff yeah. like you yeah. can, you can't call a woman that. You can call them angry a hooker, s- hooker, bitch. I'm just really, I don't know. I like the way they cook it. Uh, here's my really, problem really with weird. the title Birds of Prey and, and Harley Quinn not being in Birds of Prey. I don't care that necessarily she's in Birds of Prey. What I what I kind of take issue with is that originally, originally the movie was just called Birds of Prey. And then after that, it was announced, oh, it's going to be called Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of the one Harley Quinn or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, the reason why they're doing that is because whether Suicide Squad was a good movie or not, sh- uh, Margot Robbie, Robbie, whatever her last name is, is clearly a breakout star. Harley Quinn is a, one of the most popular characters of recent years. And let's just make this about her mm-hmm. um, and just kind of shoehorn her in there. So the movie is called Birds of Prey with a subtitle. And I don't think I don't remember seeing any of the birds of prey. <laughs> yeah. I saw Harley Quinn. I, I was like, "Oh, you and McGregor's in." I didn't know that. And then whoever whoever the birds are, right? It's it's Huntress. Huntress. I saw Huntress. I think Black yeah. Canary. Is she one? Yes. You see her singing. Okay. And you then Oracle. I don't remember Oracle, but I, I only saw it once. <laughs> they're, they're, um, they might be in there. But I, 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 I hear what it's you're saying. Not, I hear what you're it's, saying. It's it's it, it's veering into that Joker yeah. Sherlock Holmes territory again, where where you're like, just make a Harley Quinn movie. Sure, sure. What's your problem? Yeah. Anyway, boring. Boring. DC, you're boring. Titans. Who cares? Yeah. I watched seven minutes of the of episode three. Boring. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> What's wrong? It's not going to make wrong it. With you guys. It's not going to make it. And I. I I I may not. I'm kind of having to cut down financial financially. And I looked at my list of subscriptions, and I, I, oh, yeah. it's it's going to be tough, man. I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep it up. I don't know if I'm going to well, keep paying for DC Universe. I know that, but here's the, here's the other the flip side though is that I did take our friend Nick's advice and I bought because it's not a DC Universe yet. I bought the first uh, first episode of Jimmy Olsen Superman's Pal. In 2019, yeah. written by Matt Fraction, and it's yeah. super great. It's super great. I, I literally laughed out loud at one point. Oh, good. And it's, it's 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 everything Matt Fraction is just quirky and and wink wink human. and human and yeah. So okay. ah, I don't I'm know. Looking forward to it. I know, but that, it, it, is that a reason to keep DC Universe? I'm still not sure. <sighs> well, here's the thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there's uh, we're in the age of, you know, everyone's got a streaming service and Disney Plus, I mean, they've made it impossible to not get because there's so much amazing content that's going to 
come with it. Yeah, we hope. But I mean, at the very least, I'm going to have to see what the Mandalorian is all about. Sure. But something's probably going to have to get swapped out, and that that might be it. Although that will be sad for me because I, I as buggy as the, the the comics reader has been, I've I've gotten a lot of quality time sure. out of that. Yeah. Anyways, DC, get your act together. Shall we move on to the main event? Sure. Okay. So Ann Martinez, uh, thanks Ann Martinez for your suggestion to watch The Dark Crystal. I, I, I wasn't sure if Ann had watched it herself or um, was just suggesting that we watch it randomly, but it seemed like maybe she had. So we did, I watched episode, I've only seen the first episode. I don't know how far you got. Just uh, honestly, yeah, I, I, honestly, this is going to be mostly you because I, I watched probably half of the first episode and and really enjoyed it and then i said oh man i've got to i think I, i've got to watch the movie again first so i <laughs> stopped okay mm. so i okay. guess no, no spoilers for real this time <laughs> no spoilers okay I, I won't get spoilery um <clears throat> it's okay if you do so uh, there's not much to spoil yeah uh, actually what were your thoughts I so I, I I went into it. I didn't I didn't do any reading about the movie. I hadn't seen the movie in a very long time. Uh, I'd seen it once. I've seen it since I was an adult, but probably not. I was in my twenties, probably. Okay. And at the time, I was not. Well, I'll give you a little background. So Matt and I saw the Dark Crystal, the movie, in the theater when we were children, and I don't know what it was like for you brother but for me it was deeply terrifying <laughs> and life-changing it was yeah we loved that movie i'd say what? almost as much as et maybe i loved it yeah, oh yeah i mean i th- i'd say for most people who i know who who grew up loving the never-ending story the dark crystal was that for matt sure and and me it was it was lesser known than labyrinth and definitely lesser known than the never ending story, but it was the one that we saw. And, and I, I, I remember we saw Labyrinth in the theater too, which is also Jim Henson, but in the never ending story is not, that's something else. I still, to this day, have not seen never ending story. Me don't, either. And I refuse. Don't need, don't, don't need to. I, I see that flying animal and I just <laughs> run away. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Skeksis were truly, truly deeply, something like scratching the animal brain of my, my little child mind. <laughs> and I just was terrified of them. It was horrific. So, um, we were little, we were very little. We were pretty young. I mean, yeah. I guess it was early eighties. Let's, let's see. Let's find out the dark crystal. But why, yeah. Why are you doing that? It was, but, but it affect, I think we watched it a few times in 82. the theater. Yeah. And I remember I, I, I created a Dungeons and Dragons character called Gelflings. Do you remember oh, that? Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, so that they were, you know, I like I was really into the concept of of this little little Jim Henson magic pre pre death Jim Henson. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it it, it meant a lot. I, I I could make myself sad if I watch it again and it not be not hold up because Labyrinth is pretty tough. It's pretty tough. It's, you know, it's okay, but I, it's, I think it still has the magic. I, I, when yeah. I saw it, and this is twenty years ago now, yeah, yeah. at least, you know, probably I was yeah. probably twenty-five when I saw saw it last. But I, I do remember thinking, "Wow, this is long. Mm. Wow, I, I'm not as into this as I was when I was however old I was in sure. 1982." Sure. And so I hadn't really thought about the Dark Crystal that much. And when they announced the series on that was coming out. Uh, I was like, oh, that's interesting, but I wasn't champing at the bit, as okay. they say. Well, so, but I, so I didn't do any like refresher going into it. I just turned it on, <laughs> and I was immediately like, I wasn't really sure going in. Like, oh, is this happen? Are these events that are happening? after the movie and this is because it's called the age of resistance right. kind of implied this could be any time like is this years 30 years later is this what is this well it's a prequel as i found out okay it's definitely a prequel so it's everything that leads up so if if you watch the the movie you're gonna get some crazy spoilers oh so maybe you maybe i shouldn't you maybe shouldn't wow okay because they're 
you know what happens to the Gelflings when you watch the movie. Right. Okay. So anyway, I, so my impressions without talking about the plot of the first episode are, I mean, nobody makes magic like the Henson company makes magic. It's kind of incredible in the age of CGI, you know, where they can make it, you know, anything, literally anything that puppets are not only still relevant, but they are just as magical in their own way. And that there's a desire to create and see that it's dense. It's much more dense than the movie. Mm -hmm. I remember like in the movie, you're, you, you kind of know who the Gelflings are and you know who the Skeksis are. And this is, uh, I read it actually kind of a primer after I watched the episode, kind of like, what did I just watch? So I, someone kind of broke it down for me and they, they likened it to Game of Thrones. Like there's mm-hmm. multiple uh, groups of Gelflings who live all over the damn place and they all do different stuff. Some are kind of um, librarians and, and they're uh, studying, you know, they're scholars. Uh, some are warriors, some are uh, kind of earthy clerics, magic user types, which is way more dense than the movie, where as far as the Gelflings go. I think that my favorite things about most Henson stuff, that, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of it in recent years, but certainly watching this first episode, you know, it's it's just eye candy. Like, the, the, the detail of the sets and everything, it's, it's seamless to see what is practical and what is what. It, and there is definitely some computer generated stuff going on, but but it looks like a lot of it is real and it's it looks like it's just been so lovingly made. But my favorite characters aren't usually, or at least in this first episode, aren't the main characters. Right. They're all of the weird little things, um, de- the detail creatures mm-hmm. that are just like, like there's a little guy who lives in the, the library, one of the Gelf- the Gelfling library. He's just eating books. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. All those little weird world building animals. I just, those are the things that get me. In terms of the plot, like there was a lot of ground laying in this first episode. I, I didn't find myself super um, focused. It was it was kind of tough. It's a little dense. Okay. So I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't immediately drawn in. Uh, Io9 freaked out about it. So my, I think the bar had been set pretty high. I expected to be sucked in immediately, and I wasn't as much. But maybe that's just a remnant of how I felt about the Dark Crystal twenty years ago. Maybe I don't I don't you know. Were scared. I'm scared. The Skeksis, I'm happy to report, are still scary as fuck. <laughs> um, but there, so I had immediately had to start looking. Okay, who are these voices? I recognize some of them. Right. It's, it's unlike back in the day, which I think the voices were all genius voice actors who were all unknown to you know most people. There were probably a lot of Muppeteers, but um, this time around, it's I mean, it's everybody. Camel, Camel, yeah, uh, Simon Pegg. I mean, uh, immediately heard Isaac. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mark Hamill. Oh, I think we can all agree that Mark Hamill is a much better voice actor than he ever has been uh, a, a live film for actor. Sure. For sure. I, I will say that his Skeksis voice is uncomfortably close to his Joker voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. It's still cool. It's still cool. Um, but gosh, I mean, Taron Edgerton, the list goes, uh, Eddie Izzard's in there somewhere. I don't, I don't know if he was in this episode or not, but I mean, it is a cast of thousands. So that's cool. I'm very that's excited. Uh, I'm very excited. I, I just think that, I mean, it, it just, it won me immediately when it, when it was puppets. I, I, I didn't want to check and see whether it was CGI versus puppet, but it, as soon as it had that, that same look and feel of the Henson jam, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I'm in. I'm in. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely so relieved. It feels like that's all I've been talking about is is how I wish CGI was used less, and that's uh-huh. not necessarily true. There's plenty of CGI that I find really great, but you know, like Marianne, the Harv show, and and then this. It's just when you don't use it for things that don't need it. Yeah, it's so much better. Because yeah. we, we loved, yes, I know that the, there was an element of those puppets were the only, were one of the only ways to tell a story in, in the Henson world. They made puppets. That's what they did. But that's all we needed, man. We did not need 
hyper realism to get by. We they were yeah. just as real to us. And just and now I can not only see that they are, you know, still the same kind of joyful realism, but I can I can just marvel nonstop at how talented those people are that are creating these things. It's yeah, insane. yeah, it's insane. It feels like the, the CGI that they're employing <laughs> is only there to fill in some background and it's, sure. it's not there are some characters i think there's like a what do they call it a spitter or something it's kind of a spidery type of thing that that clearly seems like maybe that's entirely cg but but it's also not an important character everything that is important is a is a physical puppet great and and the skexies the way that they move the way they look and they're all different right they all have it's so interesting how they all have different horrible horrible faces (laughs) (laughs) and the clothes that they wear it's just it's so viscerally creepy and and this time around even more disgusting there's one i don't remember if she was in uh the original movie but there's one that has these horrible pustules all over her face that she keeps popping and i'm like trying to eat my oatmeal i'm like god (laughs) it looks like her face yeah yeah it's just wild (laughs) i wonder if Um, i wonder if the reason that i mean i know everyone liked a lot of people like the dark crystal but i wonder if if one of the reasons that we particularly loved it is that you can see all of the theater behind it like mm-hmm. it's so obviously theater with costumes and and human beings moving things uh, i wonder like, if, but labyrinth was like that too yeah of course I, I any of those things that we loved over say uh what's a good example of the claymation like i never liked claymation as much as i liked is that oh, the right like, word? Claymation? Uh, Is that the right word? Claymation. You, you mean like um, oh, Land of the Lost? Land of the Lost. Oh, dude, we love. Don't lie. We love Land of the Lost. But <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't as magical as we love Land of the Lost. The way Clash that we should. Clash of the Titans. Yes, yes, that's a better one. Clash, Clash of the Clash Titans of the looked very fakey, fakey, like the the <laughs> the Gorgon and the the Medusa and all that stuff. Yeah, it looked, you know. It takes but you out of the it. The remake of, of sure, and the remake of it that's fully CGI insanity. It's boring as hell. Yeah. Wow. Um, the, I think that you know, there's an argument to be made that the best CGI out there is our movies like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, all the Toy Stories, you know, anything that Pixar is doing, like the ones that are, it's. It's the tools chosen that fit that medium exactly for, you know, what it is right. and not to try to make something look hyper real alongside human actors. I mean, I, I don't know. After I saw Into the Spider-Verse, I felt like, oh, this is how all this is the best way to tell any superhero story. Sure. probably. And watching The Dark Crystal, did, does it have to be puppets to tell this story? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think it sounds like it seems like Jim Henson spent at least the early part of his career ask, being asked that question a lot. Like, why puppets? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've done any reading about like his early, like where he got the start, his start and stuff. Do you, are you aware of that? No. So the very first Muppet ever was Rolf. Wow. And he was... Uh, Jim Henson had a bit that he did on um, the Jimmy Dean show, like Jimmy Dean Sausage. Wow. And Rolf was a character. And I don't know what I don't. I'm sure you could probably find snippets of of his. And I think he had to pitch it like he did that. He got that gig. And then he was. But he had a dream of doing a show with puppets for primetime audience, an adult audience. And the, you know, he got, of course, pushed back and pushed back. Nobody cared. And I, I, I don't, I've read this, but I don't remember anymore how he, he finally succeeded. But that of course became the Muppet show, mm-hmm. which is so crazy that it was on prime time. It wasn't a kid's show in the middle of the day, which he, that's not what he wanted to do. Right. And of course we all know what happened next. 
So I guess he's been kind of fighting that fight his whole life. Like, why why does this have to be puppets yeah. if it's not for kids? <laughs> yeah. Which The Dark Crystal is kind of more – it feels like the style of storytelling feels more like you're – it's for kids than than the Muppets in a way. It's It's got adult themes. It's definitely dark. Um, it's in the title. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're they're – turning gelflings into goop to right <laughs> to change their essence right um <laughs> and so that's fucked up yeah. <laughs> but but this but the style of like high fantasy storytelling does kind of lend itself towards a younger audience in sure. some ways sure despite being so dark I don't know. Does it have to be puppets? Don't know. Don't care. The, one of the saddest things that I could say, uh, dumbest thing that I've done is not, there's a, there's a museum here in Atlanta called the Museum for Puppetry Arts. And uh, they had the Skeksis on display for a long time. And I never went to go see it. Mm, ouch. I know. I think, I think they still have it. I just think it's not out anymore. <laughs> So that's dumb. I messed up there. Um, I can't ever talk about Jim Henson without bringing up the worst slash best thing that I ever did. Right. right. Which I've told you this story, but I'll just tell other people. Yeah. So one, one morning I just ended up going down to a YouTube hole. I think I started by watching old Muppet Show clips on YouTube. Specifically, I was I was looking at the time where Buddy Rich was on the show, and, and uh, he does this amazing... He does actually two two drum solos. One, uh, in that particular Muppet Show uh, episode, the, 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 the Muppet Theater is kind of... They haven't paid their rent or something, <laughs> or there's something going on with the electrical system and the lights keep going on and off. And so the lights go off and Kermit goes backstage to tell Buddy Rich, like, oh, I'm sorry, we're, you know, the power's out. We're not going to be able to have you perform. And Buddy Rich is, you know, he says, what are you talking about? I don't need lights to do play drums. So he gets his sticks out and from his dressing room upstairs, he plays the most incredible drum, quote unquote, drum solo all over the theater, Muppets, you know, railing on the stairs, whatever on his way to the stage and it is just it's so musical and, and awesome Buddy Rich was you know he was one of the greats Buddy Rich um, and then uh, and then he, the lines come back on and he does do a solo he does a, actually a drum battle with Animal which is super awesome but so anyway I watched that and that was great and then I clicked I saw this thing uh, that uh, I, I couldn't keep from clicking which was Jim Henson's funeral right and i was like what is that and uh it was actual footage of jim henson's funeral at the new york cathedral and and it was packed to i mean you could not fit another human being in that place it was just standing room only and there were two things that were just mind melting and I defy any human being who was not a sociopath <laughs> you know if you if you can watch this and not cry then there, there's something broken and dead inside you um, <laughs> but so they uh, at one point uh, Big Bird comes out because people are all paying tribute to, to Jim and Big Bird comes out and he sings uh, it's not easy being green and at the end of it, he, he looks up into the sky and he says, I'm going to miss you, Kermit. Wow. I still get choked up. Yeah. It's still, I, God, it's so, it's so hard. Uh, so that's, Yikes. that's amazing. And then at the very end, they, they sing this, I guess it was a, maybe a Sesame Street song. Uh, one, I don't remember the lyrics, but it's like one is a good number but two a little bit better something like that <laughs> um, not the real lyrics folks yeah. um, but close yeah, but close, the, the close point enough. is uh, each Muppeteer comes out with their their Muppet mm -hmm. um, until they get to whatever the, the big number is and um, they're all singing along and everybody's there and it, it will just it'll, you'll cry like a like a baby. I promise you. And, and unless you're, you're a sociopath. And you're not you're not a crier. You're not. I mean, I'm no. not saying you're not a sociopath for sure. But you're you're not. <laughs> I cry at pretty much every movie. <laughs> I, I don't could, cry at movies. I could. I could yeah, definitely do. True. So 
for you to I, I've I've actually never watched that because I'm afraid <laughs> because of the way the fact that if you if you cried then I wouldn't be able to get you, you won't stand a chance I promise right. and it's yeah I, I'm not a big crier um, a lot I think it's maybe <laughs> because I'm not one of those people I'm an ugly crier right mm. it's it's not just you here's some tears you it's, can't have a romantic um, tear sliding down your face no never <laughs> that's never going to happen to me <laughs> never so yeah um so maybe that's just my 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 reflex of just keeping me from public shame and humiliation sure um to not cry at movie theaters i, I, I cried once i cried once at a movie theater but actually i waited until i got outside the theater yes yeah um um, anyways, yeah. Treat yourself to that. Cry it's worth yourself. watching. If you need a good cry, that will do it. <laughs> Dark Crystal. I'll probably move on to round two, just because uh, it's so beautifully done. I feel like they just worked so damn hard on this. Clearly, it's you kind of need to do them the service of of seeing what they did. So I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent invested in the story yet, but I'm still curious and that's where I'm at. Yep. I like it. I like it. I say, gosh, we didn't, we didn't really offer that many things this time to, to get on. I'm going to finish dark crystal. The first episode, I guess I won't go to the movie. If that's a big spoiler, I'll, I'll start from the very beginning. And so I'll give a report. You might want to, since it's a prequel, it might be the way to go. Yeah. Well, yeah, this might be. I'm going to try a, a, a show called Undone, which is in yeah. that that style. Our friend Randy recommended. I watched one last night, and it is super interesting. I have no idea where it's going. Uh, okay. The lead has a cochlear implant. We don't know why. She doesn't. She doesn't have a deaf accent, so I don't know. Uh, hmm. I don't know what that story is going to be, but. So that's either going to get high praise and interest from you or extreme uh, criticism. Yep. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, yep. yeah. I either go one way or the other. And yeah, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I'm very, <laughs> we'll see picky, handle. very picky about my cochlear implant knowledge. Usage, Usage in pop culture. In pop culture. Uh, speaking of which, they're, you know, they're making a sequel to that film, Quiet Place. Oh, Okay. <laughs> and originally, originally, what's his name? Who's the dude, the John, main guy? John uh, Krasinski. Krasinski. So John Krasinski, uh, you know, he wrote and directed yeah. the original movie. Yeah. And so he came back and he said, he didn't really write it with an intention of there being a sequel, but uh, it was more successful than they thought it was going to be. And he said, okay, um, yeah, I'll write it, but I don't want to be involved in any other way. <laughs> and so he wrote it. And then after he wrote it, he was like, yeah, but now I don't want anyone else to direct it. Okay. So he's going back. All right. And I, don't know, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't read an update on that in a while, so I don't know what's going on with that. But that I, that was good enough for me, despite your complaints about their cochlear implant use, that I would, I'd go back for the second uh, helping. I'll go back for the second helping, but I, I do hope that they've learned that – cochlear How implants, implants work. <laughs> do not work that way that it would never work that way so oh, yeah. as long as as long as i have yeah if they figure that out great but dude think, it's I mean, also said in the future it's it's like slightly in the future their cochlear implants could work that way. yeah but they looked exactly <laughs> like yeah i don't i i could i could argue this for hours i've gone on i rarely i don't ever forum i'm never i'm not a forum guy but i went on trying to find people that agreed with me and i found some because they didn't it's not possible what they did it just bugs me a lot because I what want smokely yeah. implants. <laughs> no. Well then, I, I I well I accept. Okay, good. And with that, that sounds like the perfect ending smoke to a perfect if you get perfect podcast about smokely. Oh, perfect podcast. <laughs> <laughs> smokely implants. Oh, smoke them if you got them. Yeah, Brother, I miss you so much. I miss you so much. I love you a bunch. Um, I love you a bunch. Hey, everybody. We miss you, too. Please yeah. go to our face page page, page page and give us your thoughts. If Again, if there's anything that you want to talk about with us or yes. have us 
watch and discuss, please let us know. Um, as always, we've simplified uh, everything. Bibbrush. Yeah, we've simplified everything. It's now just facebook.com slash Bivens Brothers. Have yes. at it. We're just combining all of our different worlds into one because who cares? And one big messy world of nerdery and um, well, business. Nerdery. Yeah. And more nerdery yeah. of a different, more boring type. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, speaking of which, Bibro Show is, as always, brought to you by Bivens Brothers Creative, where uh, Matt and I make websites and other stuff like that. Yes. Um, thanks, Biv- Bivens Brothers Creative. And that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Drop us a line. Say hi or goodbye, whichever feels good to you. Both. Right now I'm going to say goodbye to you, brother. I'm going to say goodbye to you until next week, brother. Love you so much. Love you so much. Love you so much.